welcome back to another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Brother Bob's back. How's it going? Big Mike's back. How you doing? Which might be medium Mike later on. <laughs> Brandon's back. What's happening? Carl's back. What up? Silent Ron's here. Hello. And Michael's here. Hey, y'all. This week, our Bible verse is John 8, 7, and 8. And this is the ESV version. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. So, our building blocks to this episode was going to be next week was going to be actual an episode on conviction because we danced around it last couple but i had a phone call from michael and said hey you know what you guys really should do an episode on a conviction and i was like oh that's a brilliant idea it's already in the work hey it is what it is yeah. he figured we danced around it enough huh yeah right. and so i invited him on and then that way we can all talk about conviction together. Mm-hmm. Why you say it like that, Bob? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I, when honestly, this is me. When when I read that verse eight, mm-hmm. when he stooped down and started writing in the ground again, I can just see the Pharisees or whoever it was, the religious leaders that was going to throw stones at that woman. You know, he was writing her sins in the dirt. That's the way I. That's the way I perceive it. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I'm like, "Oh, I can see him writing my sins in the dirt, also." You know. So I hope he has a lot of dirt to write he's my got sins. Got a lot down. of dirt. Because <laughs> I mean, he's gonna need a beach. We're talking. I was gonna say the Sahara Desert. <laughs> anyway, you know, I think it, I think about that because I'm like, man. That was me at one time, you know. Mm-hmm. I've been the first one to throw that stone at somebody, you know, because they're doing wrong and I think I'm doing right. Mm-hmm. But then when I read that, I'm like, yep, I'm just like them other boys. Better turn and walk away because I can't throw that first stone because I'm not without sin. Right. Yeah. Can I read an additional verse? Go for it. Since we're talking about that. And these Pharisees were there to trick Jesus, right? They were there to trap him because they were opposing him. And there's a connection that I made a long time ago, and it's from Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 13, and it says this, Yahweh, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be ashamed. Those who depart from you will be written in the dirt, for they have forsaken Yahweh, the fountain of living water. I think there's a deeper issue there with the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. Right, just mm-hmm. like digging into that verse, since that's the verse that we chose. Like, I think it's more than just making mistakes or sinning. You know what I mean? When we have a repentant heart, I think he's he's dealing with people who they had no heart for repentance. Right? They had hope. They had no heart to feel his conviction, to be right. convicted by him of what they were doing wrong. They just were forsaking him outright. But them guys, being the religious leaders back then, didn't think they needed that repentant heart because they thought they was doing God's work. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, they, they were right in their minds as far as their con- they were convinced in their minds that they were perfect and everybody else was not. 
Mm-hmm. And they was even trying to prove that Jesus wasn't perfect. Yeah. The boy, did he prove them wrong? <laughs> yeah, no, you know, yeah. but that's, you know, that's, they they just thought that they'd done no wrong at all. That's what's kind of scary about it, though, right? It is. Very there's, scary. There's that danger where we can get so righteous in our own eyes yeah. mm-hmm. oh, that yeah. we don't even feel like we need to repent. I've been there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he hit me with something earlier today. And I'm like, you know what? This is something he's, like, talking to him. This is something you've addressed with me months ago. And here I am. I really haven't confessed it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. like we get to that place where we we sort of justify our sin. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We, we we take sin and we kind of diminish it. Oh, it's kind of a minor thing. Maybe that doesn't really apply in the same way. Maybe that's not really what he meant when he said don't do that. It's probably okay. Mm-hmm. I'll just gloss over that. Right. You know? We tend to add a scale to sin. Yeah. Yeah. And there is no scale. Uh, absolutely right. not. Yeah. yeah. Sin is a sin. You know, a curse word is the same as murder. It's a sin. Yep. Absolutely. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Oh, yeah. And, uh, in a lot of aspects, that's a hard part, a pill to swallow. I tell you, a lot of oh, people yeah. can't swallow that. No, pill. really. I mean, realistically. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, taking his name in vain is the same as Judas betraying him. I mean, there's no sin scale. It's there's no there's no comparison. It is just sin is sin, and I mean, and we're right every single one of us. And I know I did it. I struggled with it for a long time, you know. And then when I finally heard that that there is no sin scale, it was like oh, like it chilled me. I didn't struggle in it. I bathed in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I struggle with it now. Yeah. I just want to clarify that because mm-hmm. before, yeah. when I was doing it. You didn't care. Right. There was no conviction. Right. Yeah. There was no struggle. But even even sometimes when you're going through and you're, like we've said, checking the boxes, and it, it, you go through and you're still, you're like, well, I may do this, but at least it's not this. Right. You know, there's this guy over here that, you know, he's an elder and I know he does this. Mm. There's <laughs> yeah. a, you know, That's I'm, not, I'm not speaking of our church what? at all. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, but I'm, and I'm saying I have done that in a previous church. Yeah. I have said, you know, I have said to myself, yeah, I know my mouth is still filthy, but, but I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, and it's just, there's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The tiniest little sin is the same as the, what we feel is the greatest sin. Right. We justify our own sins. Yeah. I mean, we're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all right with that. But man, he done the same thing I've done, but. Brandon, you're wrong in doing that. You shouldn't do it. You know, that's that's what people do. That's how we justify ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. The eternal result of unrepentant sin is the same. Yes. Right? Don't get me wrong. Biblically, he, he deals with different sins differently. Like right. some sins have greater severity, so they have a they, there's a more severe response that's required. Mm-hmm. Right? But all sin separates. It doesn't like that's the danger of like putting that measurement on different sins is like what you said, Mike. You point to that guy, well that guy's sinning worse than me. So I don't have to yeah. deal with the sins I have in my heart or in my life because that stuff's worse, so I must be good. Mm-hmm. And it leads you to never repent. Right. And you're just as separated. Absolutely. As long as you don't repent, you're just as separated yeah. as that guy over there. If if not more, because you don't know what that guy's doing. Yeah. You don't know what they're doing. They might be repenting of it. Yeah. Here yeah. I was just backing away further and further, falling deeper into sin. Yeah. I mean you know, in the Holy Spirit, um, as far as like conviction and he I, I thought about this example at work. So I'll short a check. And this has been a while back, but my, my check was short, mm-hmm. right? So I'm upset, right? So of course I'm gonna go to HR and I'm gonna tell them about it. It's like, hey, 
why did I get all my hours, my ch- my checks short, yada, yada, yada. Then the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, would you have done the same thing if your check was over? Oh. Mm-hmm. Would you have went to HR and complained and said, hey, you guys overpaid me. You might not. What are you going to, to do about this? But, you know, but, I mean, but the Holy Spirit hit me on that. Right. You know, he said, because basically you want to crack this part, but do you want to crack that part? Because both wrong. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you want to be right in my eyes? Right. Are you going to be? To do the right thing? Because I could be right in my own eyes, which is wrong. Right. But do yeah. I want to be right in God's eyes? Right. And Are you going to do the right do, thing? Do the right thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where the integrity part comes yeah. in. And he, mm-hmm. he made me question myself because all God did was he just mm-hmm. asked me that question. Every day. That's all he did. He just asked me that little simple question. Would you have went to HR if your check was over? And that started a whole new process in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You Reflecting know? if you're yeah. as honest as you exactly. expect them to be to you. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I think conviction hits everybody differently as well. Oh, yeah. Oh. The end goal should be the same. Mm-hmm. The repentance and coming back to you. But I think the severity of the conviction on your heart is different at times. Oh, I'm sure, because depending on depending on what's going on in your life at the time that you get convicted, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like you say, of course, like you say, sin, sin, no matter what. But there again, we see our sins... Especially once we got our eyes open, we're like, oh, that was real bad. Yeah. I should not have ever done that, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, because there's things that I've done in my past that I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't have really done that stuff, but I did, Mm -hmm. you know. But the thing is, is once he forgives you, past, present, future, they're all gone. Right. Once saved, always saved. Right. You know. But that doesn't give you the right to continue sinning. Right. That doesn't give you the get out of jail free card. What that absolutely gives you is to where each night you can go home and be like, oh, Lord, I know I sinned in this area. I know I sinned in this area. Please forgive me for that because we're going to have sin no matter what. I mean, because it's just part of the world. Right. Right. It's like going to work, getting dirty. You get up out of bed, you got sin started on you. You go to work, you get dirty, you come home, you clean up. Well, when you go out in the world, you get sin on you, you go home, you repent. Get the sin off of you. Yeah. And you're right because we got to die daily to we ourselves right. so mm-hmm. Christ could live in us. Absolutely. So it's like every day, it's like it's a brand new day. It's a good day. It's a day that the Lord has made. But I know decision. I have to, yeah. Yes. I know I need to seek Christ that day. Mm-hmm. You know, I know I need to die to myself that day. Every day you yeah. get up, decide you're going to pick up that cross and mm-hmm. you work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yep. It's not a, like you it's said not earlier. It's a method. It's a work method. Right. That's right. With the integrity of it, you're mm-hmm. still having the integrity in yourself and in Christ to go and repent. Absolutely. Knowing that you're, you've, you've sinned. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you ever go through a day and think, oh, I haven't sinned, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. In thought, word, or deed, we know every day. You know, so to have that relationship and to build upon that relationship and keep wanting that relationship. Yeah. And yeah. at the beginning of my day, there's t- there's times I do do it right, 
There's times that I don't do it right, you know. Mm-hmm. And later on in that day, oh, Lord, forgive me, you know. <laughs> Where am I yeah. at? Yeah. After, <laughs> you know, after, after your anger moves or your your bitterness moves, and yeah. God says, hey, by the way. Or, or, or it's just him reminding me, you know. It's just, yeah. you know, I might just start eating and then realize after I ate, I was like, I didn't even bless my food. Or watch somebody else bless their food. Like, oh Lord, forgive me. Bless their food that I already consumed. <laughs> you know? Please so, don't uh, yeah. on that unblessed food. Right. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me a week ago or two mm. weeks ago. I went to DOR. Tried to get something done. Well, you need lots of prayer to go to DOR. Well, <laughs> I was just doing a CDL. And I went in there to get my thing done. And she told me this, this, and this. And I just blew up. Uh, on my way home, driving home, I got hit, and I was like, well, that wasn't very good. So I got on the phone, I called DOR, and I had to apologize over the phone, because I felt like terrible. <laughs> yep. I felt terrible because of what I said, and it's not her fault that she's doing her job, mm-hmm. but yet it was a very big inconvenience for me, so I blew up and then felt bad about the whole ordeal. Right, right. You bring that up, but that's something that's absent from this passage. They all just left, and none of them said another word to that woman, mm-hmm. and they just left. Yep, that's what I did. I left. And and what would it have done if one of them would have come back? How would that have changed the story? Because right. then, then not only did the Holy Spirit convict her, but it also would have convicted that. Pharisee, Sadducee, religious ruler, but those guys were so blinded mm-hmm. that they just walked away. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it convicted them, but it didn't convict them to the point for forgiveness, to right. ask for forgiveness. Right. right. It, 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 it didn't convict them into yeah. repentance. Yeah, yeah. It, it convicted them to walk away. There was, there was that public they shaming, yeah. yeah, but not not conviction to the to the cross. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. That's why I made that Jeremiah connection. Yep. They right. had a heart. Clearly, they had a heart that was committed to forsaking him. Right. We don't know the rest of their story. Right. right? We, mm-hmm. we we see that little snapshot in time, and in that moment, they were committed to forsaking mm-hmm. him. Yeah. yeah. And I like how that turned because to me, it's dangerous when the Holy Spirit convicts us individually within ourselves. Nobody really has to know, but we know because the Holy Spirit speaks to us. But we try to justify and deny it mm-hmm. and move on. And, and that's the same thing we almost like this, they did. We you know, see Jesus this every day in our churches when a pastor preaches a sermon. It may not convict you, but it's convicting someone. And at mm-hmm. the time of of an altar call, and the altar's empty, nobody moves. They may be repenting in the in the moment. Some people need that ability to walk up and and just lay it all right there at the altar. Mm-hmm. But they hold back and they're, I'm not going to do it. Won't do it. Mm-hmm. Because we have that that conviction, or I shouldn't say that judgment mm-hmm. in our churches. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. oh, they must have something really bad going on if they go to the altar. Mm-hmm. We should yeah. be going to the altar over little things. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Little yeah. things. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. We should just be going around. Honestly, we should be True going to Brother Steve's freaking yeah. truth right there. We should be going to the altar just to praise him. Absolutely. Rather it's, we don't have to go up there and ask for whatever. Right. Just go praise him at the altar. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. that's that's where it's at. Yeah. 
well, some some of the burdens that we carry in life, it may not just be so much our own, but we're carrying it somebody else. Yep. And some of those burdens that you're carrying, that you're holding, and you're caring for somebody else, is to take to the altar as well. You know, it's like you said, you got so many eyes looking at that person or what have they done or why are they going to the altar or I know why they going to the altar and you probably carry somebody else's burden yep. you know it might not just be you but as you lay somebody else's burden down that you're carrying you know God uses you and then you're actually laying yours you know, down as well Right. you don't even realize it you just don't load I've done that plenty of times just Sad crying and weeping and don't if, care who's right. looking at me. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the sad thing is, is if them people's judging you for going to the altar to praise your God and to ask for your forgiveness, they ought to be right there with you. I was going to yeah. say the same thing. <laughs> yep. They should be right there beside you. Right. Because, I mean, it, they, they sin in just as much as anybody. It comes back to that same issue, pride. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Every time, yeah, we get our pride in front of God, and it's like getting the cart before the horse. That horse is not going to push the cart. No, nope. nope. God's going to let us sit out there until we decide. Hey, maybe we need to elevate him back where he belongs. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, really that's true. that's right. I mean, and you said it, elevate, because mm-hmm. we try to bring God down to our level, mm-hmm. and He can't mm-hmm. do that. Because God is way up here and we are way down here. I've seen it both both ways. We bring God down to our level, but I've also seen where we try to go up to his level. Right. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's true. Yeah. There's another guy that tries still that trying to yeah. yeah. That's still trying <laughs> to bring him down. Yeah, right. When we try to go up to his level, that's still trying to bring him down. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, you we you can't, can't get, get there. there. Nope. nope. Yeah, and that guy you're talking about seeing his glory every day. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he absolutely was above God protecting the throne. But yet, it wasn't that he wanted to be like God. He wanted to be God. Mm-hmm. And that's what got him kicked out. My thing is, is, what blows my mind is, how'd he take a third of the angels with him? I mean, for real. Man, he must have been one crafty old dude. You ever talk to a used car salesman? That's true. <laughs> That's true. I mean, same thing, right? Wait a minute, our pastor is... <laughs> I wasn't going to say Somebody point your fingers. Okay, a salesman anywhere. It's <laughs> true, Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pride is scary. Pride is, yeah. It's a scary, powerful thing. It reminds me, I know we've talked about it before, that that passage where the two are at the temple and the, the, the Pharisees praying yep. and the the publican is praying. And obviously the publican's like, you know, beating his chest. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. He's responding to that conviction, right? Mm-hmm. He's been convicted about his sin. He's responding to that. And he's putting, putting it all on the line for mm-hmm. God or in front of God in God's presence. And the Pharisee, all he can think of is... Thank you, God, for not making me like that scumbag over there. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. It's the same thing we're That's talking it. about, making yeah. people feel ashamed. He was trying to shame the publican for doing the right thing and repenting. And that's the same thing that if you look at someone that goes to the altar in anything other than a compassionate look, mm-hmm. you're doing the same thing. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's one of those things where you got to check your heart quick. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I agree. 
My thinking is, is we shouldn't even be looking around anyway. We should be praying to God like we're supposed to be. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. You mean we're not supposed to be looking around? When he says every head down, you're, not, you're supposed yeah, to look yeah. down? Apparently that means, <laughs> hey, let's look at everybody. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, that's why I haven't gone. I don't want nobody staring at me. Uh, you know. I'll get there. Yeah, you'll get there. I'll look around, Ron, so ain't nobody else looking at you but me. <laughs> next, time, <laughs> next time you feel that, come get me. I'll go down there with you. Yeah. I don't care. I will hold your hand. I ain't scared. Yeah. yeah. I guarantee anybody at this table will walk down there and kneel yeah. down with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, like, we talked about. I didn't, I didn't the first time, but <laughs> like, like, I ran away. I ran away. Like we talked about with communion and everything else, it's between you and God. Yeah. Nobody else. No. If somebody I, else wants to judge, that's on them. That's not on you. That shouldn't be on your heart. You should just be about going and having your relationship with God. Absolutely. But that's it. to circle back and me going the opposite way instead of going to the altar call. The conviction I felt when I was standing in that back of that room because I went the wrong way was hard and deep. Yeah. yeah. Roughed you up pretty hard, didn't it? Yeah. Well, that's what communion does to me, so. Yeah. <laughs> me like we've talked about, it should. It should. An altar call should. All of these things should because it should be something that's not done flippantly. That's right. It shouldn't be done with a carefree attitude. But as, as churchgoers, we get into a routine. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, this is an honest thing, but when when churches put time limits on their pastors, yeah. let me tell you, Holy Spirit gets a hold of a pastor, and he's going to tell him to preach, and you go over the 35-minute mark, you start getting those guys that look at their watch, mm-hmm. women looking at their phone, not going to make it before the Methodists. We can't do this. <laughs> Don's is going to be busy. That's right. <laughs> At least he didn't say Catholics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What are that's you about? They go on Saturday night. night. Yeah. They go on Saturday night. That's funny. But, but, yeah, I, absolutely. I mean, why? We, we're consumers. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. Consumer yeah. Christianity has gotten a hold of American Christianity in a huge way. Yeah. We want a religion, not a relationship. Right. And there mm-hmm. is a difference. Even, you know, not to not to step on toes, but even altar calls and communions become, it's just a, it's a routine. Mm-hmm. It's ritualistic. Right. And that's what right. I was it's telling not, It's not done for the right reasons. It's just a ritual for the sake of doing a ritual because we want a religion, not a yeah. relationship. Right. Right. And there is a difference. That's why you got to make up for your mind for yourself as to whether, at that time, if that's for you or not for you. Mm-hmm. you and, and that's when you absolutely humble yourself and get that ugly crying going. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's time for you to do that. Yep. I mean, you, you, like I said, when you humble yourself and you get that ugly crying going, Ron, that's, that's time to do Mm-hmm. That's because that's when you're that's when you're at your most humble point right there. I did the last one, but it was still hard to put that bread in my mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But still, knowing what it is supposed to mean but compared it, to other people like Biddy, well, this is just normal that. now. So, well, see, and that's the thing. And I don't want it to be that is, way. You no. Don't let somebody else take your blessing. Mm. You know what I mean? Make it between. It, it doesn't matter because I guarantee you, there's going to be people that are just doing it to do it. There's going to be people that their little kids are doing it just because they want a snack, and mom and dad don't want to say no. Is it right? Absolutely not. They shouldn't do it that way. And there'll be times to where you're going to feel like, oh, I know, they, they need to take two. <laughs> and, then, and, that's, I mean, and that's what we're talking about. But that's wow. another time right there. You're, you yourself shouldn't do it because right. your heart's not in the right place. And it doesn't mean that forever it's not. It just means right then at that point in time, it's not. But when it is, and when it is good, that's when you need to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's when you're that's when you're glorifying the most. Mm-hmm. I was um, well, Carl just was talking about because a lot of a lot of us we don't um, want relationship with Christ, and I mean it's easy for us to say that we you know we want relationship, but when we sit there and we listen to the word, and we are already justifying within ourselves, how am I okay? With this word, you know, we're already trying to make reason as the word comes forth. How am I okay with this word? Instead of coming to that place where, Lord, make me this word, make me become this word, mm-hmm. you know, that I become the vessel of what this word is. You more like you, mm-hmm. right? You know, because Christ is His word. He is His word. You know, and the word is Him. So. But we're trying to figure out how am I okay with this word. Therefore, I don't have to do make too much of a change in my lifestyle. Right. Too how much gonna, of a change of how am I going to make his word fit in our daily life? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How yeah. am I okay with this? You yeah. know, instead of how can I become this? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, make me more like you. Mm-hmm. And that that's our altar call. Mm-hmm. You know, let it convict me, but yet at the same time let it change me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the ver- very areas that I'm not okay with it. That's the very areas I need to be changed. Yep. You know, yeah, too yeah. often we try to take his word, his commands, his instructions, and form them around us mm-hmm. instead of forming us around them. Treat it right. like a buffet. I'll take this, this, this. I like this. <laughs> uh, this ain't so much for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this doesn't apply to me. Let's just kick this out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When we pick and choose mm-hmm. what we choose to apply. Mm-hmm. It's not a choice. Right. It's not supposed to be. The, the consumer Bible is only like six pages long, mm-hmm. and it's all the... Hey, you're an awesome Christian. Good job. And none of the conviction. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the conviction, you don't have to do the communion or the altar call to receive your conviction. Mm. Like Carl, Carl and I have talked about it here, off record, whatever. But like when I felt convicted to actually start following and start doing that ugly cry, it was bad. Mm-hmm. Bad in a good way. Right. Let's put it that way. Like, and it hasn't stopped. No, it hasn't stopped. I mean, you know, I mean, it's something because of that conviction and the fact that you are seeking a relationship and not just going another place to say that you've done it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's why it keeps coming because the Holy Spirit is still talking to you and wanting more from you and you're wanting more in a relationship. Right. When you start, when you start off following Jesus Christ and then end up following Jesus the Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's two totally different things. 
two totally different people. Two totally different people. And I just want to say to you, Ron, I don't know your heart, but I wouldn't just assume that every time you struggle with it, that it's because your heart's not in the right place or something's wrong with you, right? His conviction, it's not always about you're doing something wrong, you need to fix this. Right. He's not a constant taskmaster. This is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, fix this. He might be guarding you from something. Maybe he's guarding you from getting routine. Maybe he's, you know, you're, you're early in your walk, right? Right. Like maybe he's forming you toward that relationship and guarding you away from ritualism. Yeah. Because that ritualism is not good. No, no. And growing up, that's the way I've seen that stuff. I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, do they know what they're doing? Do they truly know what they're putting in their mouth? Right. What it's supposed to mean? What it's supposed to symbolize? Or are they just like everybody says, taking a snack? It's just so routine. Or, They've done it so many times. they take it routine. because they don't want somebody to see them right. not, not take right. it. Mm-hmm. Are they being fake? Yes, I agree. <laughs> but that's not for you to judge. I know. Right. <laughs> that That's for God to judge because he but, knows. But then that makes me you know. judge myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, am I one of them? Right. Do I do and this? See, do I not do this? I guess that leads to and then when you know you're down. doing communion, are you preparing your heart beforehand? Or are you preparing your heart 30 seconds before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Communion is not your walk. No. Right. right. Communion is right. not your walk. All no. communion is, I, mean, I do Passover, but all it is is a reminder of the one who guides us on the walk. Mm-hmm. Right, the one who puts the yoke on us, or whose yoke we should be taking, and let us guide him. Right, right. Be cautious about that on treating communion like that's the evidence of my walk. Right, I understand not. it, but yet you're told to do so. So it 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 it's like a I don't know how to, it's like a fine line for me. Well, right, you're there. told to take mm-hmm. communion, but you're also told. Only take communion if your heart's right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're struggling with something, by all means, don't take communion. Go take care of that. And if you know you still need to, call your pastor. He will sit there and he will administer communion. It doesn't have to be just a set Sunday. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't yeah. really know how to explain the- yeah, I get what you're saying. It's a fine line. Yeah. Because well, I mean, it's, once you're pointing fingers, then your finger, mm-hmm. you feel like, comes back at you. And then your heart's not right to where you think your heart's not right to where then you can't do it. Right. Well, I sit there and I tell myself I, I want this because I know what it symbolizes and I know that it's another step in my walk. But yet, same token, I'm like, I know what this symbolizes, and am I there in my walk to take it? Right. But you, you know. aren't answering. Sometimes the bad guy might be like, "Hey, remember that thing that you did? Yeah. You're not there yet." Right. Sometimes he's sitting there whispering in your ear, and he's holding you back. He's holding you back because if he holds you back, you're not going to glorify God. Uh, you'll know. You'll know, but I'm, you know, just, I don't know, you know. You, 
it, like Ronnie said, it's a fine line. Right. It is. It's a very fine line. You know, is you got to decide is 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 Satan holding me back, or is God protecting me, or you know, I mean, you got to figure it out for yourself. I mean, we can sit and tell you stuff all day long, but within you, within your own heart is where you got to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. I mean, and, and just like you, we've all had our own uh, fine lines about something. Oh yeah. I still yeah. got a lot of fine lines that I'm walking mm-hmm. that I you know that I'm still hashing out that he's hashing out for me. I'll the fact that, that you reflect this hard on the sacrament of communion tells me you're not broken. <laughs> That's the thing. You're not broken. You're healed, you're mended. God has healed your heart and you are just still struggling with that conviction that we all get. And it just comes to a point at communion for you. And that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. Conviction is that moment when God just lights you up. I'm I am a very thick person when it comes to, you know, a little bit of pride, I'll be honest. And my household we use the the phrase a biblical two by four and he uses it pretty hard pretty often on me and conviction comes when words come out of your mouth too fast when you speak faster than you think you speak faster than your heart thinks or actions happen or and then conviction hits you to learn to deal with those on a daily basis I think would probably bring us all to a point where when it comes time for communion it's a little less conviction to the point because we've already taken care of these things but I know I mess up all the time and I, I'm constantly in discussion with God seriously God I didn't mean that I'm sorry forgive me because yeah yeah Mm-hmm. And I think um, when God convicts you, actually, it's a good thing. Yes, it says He chases those who love. He mm-hmm. He whoops. I, I call it whooping. <laughs> he draws us yeah, back. He, yeah, He whoops those who He loves. You know, and it's a good thing that He whoops you. And you know, you know, nobody around here knows when I'm getting a whooping from Him. You know, I could be driving home and all of a sudden, boom! You're like, all right, Lord. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, sometimes it takes me a little moment to accept it, mm-hmm. you know, because I might want to try to justify it a little bit or whatever. We might have a little conversation. <laughs> he might just say it and he may not say nothing else to me and let me do all the talking. Yeah. But he knows I'm going to surrender. You know, he knows I'm going to yield to it and I'm going to surrender to it and take my whooping, you know. But I, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to get whooped. It's not bad anytime God tears your butt off. Any correction from God is good. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. What's the word, Carl? Goad? Goad. Yeah, it only appears once in the New Testament. It's from Acts chapter 26, verse 14. Is that right, Bob? Maybe. It's when Paul is recounting his Damascus Road incident. Right. To King Agrippa. And he's saying what, what Jesus told him. And he said, why are you persecuting me, Paul? It's hard to kick against the goats. I'd always glossed over that. 
like what a goad was because it, it's only in the Bible one time. And I looked into it earlier, and it was actually a, a sharp pointed stick that they would use to basically stab the butt of an ox when it was getting off track. So anytime it would start to rebel against against you driving the ox, you'd stab it, and then it'd kick. You know, a rebellious ox would kick against the the. It would try to kick you. Is what it was trying to do, mm-hmm. and you'd do it harder and harder and more painfully until finally the ox got in line and got back and obeyed the plowman. Right, right. kind of fits in. With, you know, yeah. that reference to you know Jesus yoke that he tells us to put on him or Matthew eleven. It's the same iconography there, right, of, right. of pointing to an ox. He's driving the ox, and when we get out of line, he's probably going to stab us with the goat, <laughs> with the cattle prod, yeah. and it ain't going to feel too good. It's not yeah. meant to. It's meant to get us back in line. Right. Reference what you were referencing is Hebrews. Don't despise the, the discipline of the Lord, for he disciplines those that he accepts as children. Right. right. When you feel, It's when you don't feel that discipline anymore that you should probably be a little bit worried. Yeah. But yeah. by then, you've gotten so far away from him, you probably don't care anymore. Yeah. That's good. I think another problem we have in our churches is we don't know how to identify conviction. And we just let it go. We don't, we're so wrapped up in religion, wrapped up in the everyday, you know, cycle of church that when the Holy Spirit talks to us, we don't hear it. And that's a scary place to be. And I've walked that road with someone who's been in those shoes and they feel distant from God. They feel like God's left them. God's still talking to them, still trying to convict them, but they've just become so hard. And to be able to walk through a day today with that person to say, hey, you know, how are you feeling with this? How did this situation hit you? And to get them to realize that God really is talking to them, they're just not listening. Mm-hmm. That's a hard road to walk with someone, but such a gratifying road at the same time to see someone realize that they're not distant from God. He's right there. They're just not listening. Mm-hmm. And to make them see, not make, because you can't make them, but to help them see Mm -hmm. that he is listening and he is there. Mm -hmm. That's a hard road, especially when their mind's already made up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that conviction's gone. We all have those childhood friends that we know have either strayed away from God or never knew God. And that's probably the easiest way for us to, to approach that situation is, you know, are you, are you hearing from God? Are you, are you listening? You know, and then you can walk that road with them. But that's hard to do. Nobody wants to go to their childhood friend and say, hey, How's your walk with God? Right. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you grew up like I did, where God really wasn't as important as he should have been. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it's easy to look they, back hindsight twenty twenty, right? Yeah. Oh, trust me, they all yeah. knew it. Because if they're they're your closest childhood friends, it should be an easy conversation. Right. No, it's not. Because I'm sure you've had way worse conversations. Oh yeah. That came out strange. Pretty easy to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Strangers are a lot easier to talk to. Just because they don't know you. Yeah. Yeah, but they don't know your past. Right. They don't know where you've come from. They see they see where you're at, and you know too, Ron. When you've come further than you have before in your life, people that know you will try to put you back. Well, you you or know both sides. Yeah, or the most re- more recent than a lot of us. Like you didn't want to come to the conference because you knew me before. No, I don't think that's what it was. Look, your Broken Record conference? Yeah. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. No, I don't know if that's what that was. But I know what you're talking about because I have known people that, you know, I knew a person, he acted a certain way, he left, he came back, supposedly, supposedly a reborn preacher and all this, and I'm sitting there. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, "No, I don't think so." You know, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. I can't. And then the bad, the bad part about the whole ordeal was I was right because something bad happened. But yeah, I, it's like, man, how, how how can you do it? So, I think sometimes we misperceive conviction with guilt. that we still feel over past sins. And I think it applies to what you just said because we we convince ourselves that people don't change. So when we see see somebody like that, we're like, I know what that person was like before. And now I see what they claim to be. You know, know, in that situation, they hadn't changed. But we convince ourselves that people don't change. Mm -hmm. That's what we convince ourselves of. And when we convince ourselves that other people don't change, we apply that to ourselves right. and say, I can't change. And then that swirls into guilt. And or have I truly con- changed? Right. And then we right. receive that as conviction when it's not. It's, it's just guilt. You know what I mean? Guilt can be good when it drives us to repent, but when it just when it just swirls us into that despair where we can't get out of it, it turns into a pit mm-hmm. that we need to be pulled out of. Yeah. Mike, you got some. Michael, it, sorry. It's that whole idea, not that we're changed, but we've been changed by the Holy Spirit. Right. And we have to accept that, understand it, and embrace it. Otherwise, we'll push it away, and we'll go back to exactly who we were. And so I've seen it a few different times, someone that is we'll just call it sketchy comes to Christ and you have to fight that thought in the back of your mind like you were saying Ron I wonder how long this is going to last you know three weeks ago they said they were going to quit smoking now they're still smoking type thing you know mm-hmm. and that was before I came to Christ too so you right. know I'm, well, looking, okay. I'm looking at him as an unbeliever hey, anyway oh yeah. it don't matter I, so I've done like, it when's the other shoe going to drop now right. if right. I was to look at him again today what I thought to say if I was where I was at today then would I look at him the same way probably not I, you know benefit of the doubt or something I don't and know 
this is where we're called to walk beside them, to disciple them. Maybe, maybe they're not going to fall if we're walking with them. But sometimes our, our pride, our own thoughts get in the way and we walk away from them mm-hmm. and expect them to fall. Well, well, I walked away. Well, so. <laughs> well sorry. <laughs> to clarify, too, they're gonna fall. Oh yeah, because we fall. But mm-hmm. but but we're there to pick them up. Exactly. Yeah. Just fall like somebody. Yeah. Right. Right. Difference. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. And I want to say something too to, to to you, Ron. You just identified the a, a way you were before compared right. to the way you are now. Right. It's easy for us to see the fruit in others. Oh yeah. It's really easy. When somebody really changes and we see the evidence of that change, it's really easy. I can see your fruit, Mike. I can see your fruit, Bob. I can see your fruit, Ronnie. I can see your fruit, Ron. It's so hard for us to see our own. Like, that was something that hit me hard, like, really a few weeks ago. It's like, I, you know, I, I, I deal with that, too. Am I really any better than I was before? You know what I mean? I can identify that yeah. area in my life where he really hit me hard, where he really shook me, you know, but... What difference has it made? And somebody made a comment to me recently. They're like, "Man, I, I, you, you're different. Like you changed." And it really hit me at the time. It was like the spirit talking to me that somebody else had seen the fruit that they didn't see in me before. Right? I couldn't see it. I, I couldn't see the change. All I can see is the guilt. Mm-hmm. That's all I can see is the guilt and the shame for how I let him down. That's all I can see. It consumes me. Right? I can't see the fruit until somebody else says, "Hey, man, you're different." Something's changed. I think maybe that's what you're dealing with more than actual your heart's not in the right, right, right place. I think it may be more along the lines of you're having a hard time seeing what he's doing with you. Well, it's so much easier for, for your friends to see it than it is for you to see it. Yeah, well, see and it, it. it seems unfair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just yeah. saying, it seems yeah. unfair. I was in my garage today. I was cleaning it up, trying to get stuff organized. And then something, I don't know if you've ever had it, just something just overwhelms you. And I had to sit down. Because mm-hmm. I was like, what's going on? <laughs> and I got to thinking about everything that's been going on with my vehicles, with what's going on in the house, what's been going on here and there. And I'm sitting here like, man, am I, am I doing this right? Am I doing enough? Am I in the right path? You know, something something just hit me to where I had to question myself where I was at, where I was going, where I've been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I just sat in silence. And I don't know if I ever even figured it out because I go through that stage where I just sit there and I ain't got nobody there sitting with me. So I'm just sitting there asking all these questions and have no way to answer well, I want to applaud you because some sometimes in my life I get that feeling, and if I'm busy and I'm doing something, I push it off. Mm-hmm. Well, it for you to, for you to stop and reflect and give God His time, I want to commend you for that because that's that's top notch. Well, I, it just hit me, and I had to sit down. And it happens ever so often, but today it just seemed like everything was so heavy. Like I said, with my cars, with people helping me, and not not ever having really the help that I've been getting. Never really had that. And then not being able to 
you know, like Carl said not too long ago, you know, give back somehow. Try to figure out how to give back. And it's just all weighed down on me. And I'm like, oh, man, what, what do you do? And then all this stuff happened again after the good fortune. Five times more bad fortune, like it feels like. So it's like, man, I'm starting all over again. You know? So it's like, where, where does it, it just don't get no easier. <laughs> that, walk, that walk never is easy. Mm-hmm. No, it's not. You nope. Know, and whoever told you it was lied to you. Yeah, yeah. nobody told me it was. But it just seems like when, <laughs> well, good, when, you, feel, lied to you. when you feel like you're on the right path, like that so-called donkey or whatever, you feel like you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you look up and you're like, crap. How did I go from being parallel to, you know, the wrong direction? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, how do I get back over here? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. And how the heck did I get over here in the first place? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And it happens that fast sometimes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. yeah, before I even knew it. Yep. And what yep. the great thing is, you noticed it. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was about to say. Sometimes you, people don't notice it. Yeah, you can walk that path a long time before you like, oh. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. minute. Yeah. Where yeah. am I at? Yeah. The trees, the trees look the same sometimes on both paths. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a heavy feeling. So oh, I, don't, I don't understand. I mean, is everybody feeling it? You know, because oh, yeah. I'm like, man, oh, yeah. it's like a heavy feeling. Yep. Oh, yeah. Some just mask it mm-hmm. more than others do. No pun intended. Like Mike Michael said, you just put. Most of the time, like Michael, I, I, I push it off sometimes, and I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah. and then, you know, I just kind of go on. Mm-hmm. And one of the greatest yeah. things you could do in that moment, like when you sit, like Michael said, mm-hmm. you sit back, you be still. Cause a lot of times we don't be still. Mm-hmm. When we feel that, we think we just got to do a whole lot more. Oh, yeah. Always got to be doing something. But you, you stop, and you were still. And the greatest thing you could do is like, God, you got my attention, and all I can do is give it to you because it's more than what I could bear. Damn. You know, but you and you stop, and you, you know, and you and you took a breath, and you yeah. breathed, and you recognized it. Absolutely. Because you know? he's got it all in control. Well, it just happened, so it wasn't so, one of those planned things. I'll give so you that. When you say you don't see the fruit, sometimes of your own self like you were talking about how would you have handled this before you knew Christ I'd have pushed it I'd have just bared through it probably mm-hmm. yeah. I, I'd have consumed my mind with other do things you think it, right. do you take think my but do you think it really would have weighed heavy on your mind or heavy on your heart probably, probably not you would have probably never had that conviction or, See, that, or that heartfelt no. our understanding I'd of what filled fruit it up is with something else Sometimes fruit is our own personal yep. growth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Final thought time. Let's pull the needle off the record or land the plane for Chris so he can steal it again. Wow. I got one. Uh, do not follow your heart. Follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah seventeen nine. Brother Bob? Uh, you know, you was talking about religion and relationship a while ago. My thing is, is if you're if you're a true follower of God, drop the religion and build a relationship. Mm-hmm. Brando, 
Um, just say, take off the old man and put on the new man in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael? I think Ron's laid it out on the table. Things that we all need to do. We need to stop daily and reflect. And I mean really reflect, not just, mm, yeah, okay, uh, here's my five minutes with you. Real reflection where we get quiet and we listen and we battle and we hear what he's saying. Silent Ron? No, I don't have nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I got so much stuff going through the head. That's why you're. So, that's why you're silent around. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> Carl. I don't have a lot this week. I just. I think I just want to share a caution. You know, we're talking a lot about conviction, and it's really heavily based on feeling, right? Mm-hmm. But your emotions and your feelings can lie to you. Yeah. Right. It's really important to discern that. Mm-hmm. I'm not discounting the conviction that the Spirit can give to you, but your your emotions will lie. At times, it's really important to test what you feel against the complete Word of God, not the other way around. Always test everything, everything, everything you're taught, everything you're told to believe, everything you feel. Test it all against the Word of God, and nothing else. Amen. I think for me, strive to be better today than what you were yesterday whatever that looks like for you individually. Like it might look totally different for me and Bob or me and Carl, but my better me today, hopefully is better than my me yesterday. I will read our Bible verse and then we'll get out of here. John eight, seven and eight. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him, whoever is without sin, among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. You can join us on our Facebook group, Broken Record Ministries. Like, comment, ask questions, whatever you want to do on there. We are also on the Twitter machine at broken record MI the number one. And if you want a long form discussion or have long form questions, you can reach out to us at broken record ministries at gmail.com. And until next time, broken record ministry catch on the flip side.